0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, you'd like to say hello, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we begin with Chapter 6, Mishnah 7, Perek Vav Mishnah Zion. And the, the Mishnah is continuing. We're, we're closing in on, on the on the finish line of Perkei Avos. And the Mishnah begins. I'll read and then I'll translate. hazeh haba. Great is the Torah for it confers life upon the ones who practice it. And we're going to explain what that means. hazeh haba. In this world, right? It gives us life in this world and in the next world. And the the Mishnah continues. Shenemar, as it said, we're going to bring, you know, proof for what we're saying that the, the the Torah, living a Torah life, learning, doing mitzvos, gives us a fulfilling life in the next world and this world. We bring proof um, from the different verses throughout the Torah, as it says, ki Kichayim. For they, for they, the teachings of the Torah are life to those who find them, and a healing to his entire flesh. That's from Proverbs, the Omer, and it says, "Refuas And it says, it, "It shall be a healing to your flesh and a marrow to your bones." It's also in Proverbs, the Omer, and it says another verse. And it says it is a tree of life, referring to the Torah, for those who grasp it, for those who grasp it, and its supporters are praiseworthy. Also Proverbs. And it also says, And it says they are a tiara of grace for your head and a necklace for your neck. Referring to the Torah again. V'Omer, and it says, it says, As it says, um, I will give to your head a tiara of grace, a crown of glory. It will deliver to you. We're going to finish up with a few more verses. V'Omer, and it says, and it says, indeed, through me, the Torah, your days shall be increased. Or if a person learns the Torah, they have a, they'll have a long life. And, your, and years of life shall be added to you. The Omer, we're almost done. It says, and it says, lengthy days are at its right and its left are wealth and honor. The the last verse that the Mishnah brings down as a proof that the Torah gives us a fulfilling life, it says, And it says, For lengthy days and your in years of life and peace shall they add to you. Now we just listed. So we had a statement at the beginning of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that if a person is a practitioner of Torah, a person lives a lifestyle where he does mitzvahs and learns, they're not just going to have an enjoyable, they're not just going to have a reward in the world to come, but rather the life that they live now Will be a more fulfilling and enjoyable life, and we brought different verses throughout the Torah to prove that point. And we're going to go into this just to get into a few ideas tonight. But the first thing I I wanted to talk about is that is this idea that it's that the Torah gives us this fulfillment in life, because many times people look at Judaism. And they see it as maybe antiquated, ancient, and not necessarily, uh, you know, relevant to to our lives in 2022, right? How does the, the ancient Torah have anything to do with what we're living in nowadays? And the truth is, is that it, nothing could be further from the truth, because Judaism, you know, although there is a focus on doing mitzvos to get that we have reward. We do get reward for doing mitzvahs and learning Torah. And there is a, there is an afterlife. We believe in the afterlife and there is a focus on the next world. There is a focus on that. But at the same time, there is a tremendous amount of benefits that a person gains from living his life with Torah and mitzvahs in this world right now, in the physical world. While meaning that the life that they live, will be much more enjoyable life, a much more fulfilling life a much more, um you know, amazing life. Now, there's a famous story that I'm reminded of is that there was a, there was a famous, um, there is the great Lakewood Yeshiva in Lakewood, New Jersey. It's uh, for sure the biggest yeshiva in the United States. And um, it started off, you know, Lakewood, New Jersey was a hotel town and it was established in 1948 by Rabbi Aaron Cutler. He was a great um, European rabbi who, who survived the Holocaust. And he came back and started to build up um, yeshivas, the, the, I guess the yeshiva in the, the yeshiva system, the place, a place where Jewish men could study Torah in America. And he started the lake with yeshiva. And it was a very challenging time at, at that, you know, in that era to, to, to have a yeshiva. Most Jewish people at the time really didn't look upon it as something that they wanted their young sons to be doing, to study. To be a rabbi or just to study Torah, because going to college, you know, accomplishing the American dream, that was very much the focus. Not many people appreciated this idea and, and this our, our national pastime of studying Torah. And one of the supporters that Rabbi Aaron Cutler had, his name was Irving Bunim. Irving Bunim, was a he was a, um, a businessman, and he went to great lengths. To help Rabbi Cutler establish the yeshiva financially, getting other people involved, and in his travels with Rabbi Cutler, he asked him, He said to him, "He said, you know, Rabbi, if I support the Torah, I give you money for donations, right? And we know that people who are supporters of Torah, they also they give money to support Torah. They they help support people who are learning. They also share in the in the reward for 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 Torah, right? Just just like." If you help someone accomplish something, you get part of that reward. So he said to him, he says, Rabbi, how come, you know, why do I need to study Torah? If I could just support you, so then it's like the same thing. I become a partner with you, and I don't need to do all the the studying. I could just support you and be good. Why do I actually need to study Torah? So Rabbi Rabbi Aaron Cutler gave him a profound answer, which really helps us understand this Mishnah a little bit, and helps us dispel some of the preconceived notions that we might have. He said to him, he said, he said, if you support the Torah, that's great. You're going to have Olam Haba. You will have a share in the next world because you are a supporter of Torah. And that's something very, very um, desirable. It's very special. But what's going to be with your Olam Haze? What's going to be with your, your life now? He's like, I am enjoying this world as well. Meaning I get both worlds. He says, when, when I'm the studier of Torah, my life, I'm living my life to the fullest Right now and after when I pass on to the next world. Because as, as we're going to mention, is that when we when we live our lives with ideals, with goals of a mission, there's a mission that has to be accomplished. We're able to, to have much more fulfilling life. We have we're able to tap into our potential. We're able to to strive. It makes us great. And I actually what it reminds me of is that. You know, for me personally, thinking about this, you know, when you when you have goals and when you have aspirations, when you have so the Torah sets this up for us. So so although there is a focus on the next world of doing Torah mitzvahs to have that to fill our bank account for the next world. Right. But there is very much a focus in Judaism on the on the now in this world as well, that the benefits we gain by living our life according to the ideals of the Torah, by 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 learning, by by doing a mitzvah. Right. You know, and I always like to say this to people because I feel it's so real. You know, you ever notice that when you do something spiritual, you do that mitzvah, there's like this warm, fuzzy feeling inside of you. There's a certain feeling of satiation. You know, there's a certain feeling of connectedness. When you do something good for someone else, you, you pushed yourself to do something good, right? That's a mitzvah. You help someone else out, it's a mitzvah. Or you do something spiritual, you know, you, you push yourself to do something and no one knew about it. Only God knows about it. You know, We feel good about it, and that's that's that feeling of satisfaction. You know, that's that's the enjoyment of living the Torah life now in this world. And the story I'm really reminded of now is that for me personally, this idea of how we could benefit our own lives now. You know, living a Torah life, how it's not just focused on the afterlife, but rather on the there's so many benefits for us right now as we go through our lives. Is that I'm really remember. You know, I think of the pandemic. And during the height of the pandemic, during the beginning in, the, in like that initial lockdown where everyone, you know, there was a lot of apprehension. No one, ever, many people, most people were not working or people working from home. And you know, no one was going anywhere. No one was going to the movies. No one was going out with their friends. Everyone was home. No one was going anywhere. The streets were deserted. <clears throat> and there was no, no uh, sports games to watch. There was nothing happening. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I felt, you know, obviously I'm not going to take away that everyone had challenges, no matter which background you're from, no matter w- where you're from. But I felt living my life, um, God willing, I try to live my life as a Torah Jew, like you know, as, as someone who, who follows what the Torah says. I remember thinking to myself, the difference between someone who 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 lives their life that's centered on the Torah and mitzvot versus someone who, who who's not, because. Even though nothing was happening in the world, I still had something that I was looking forward to. I had a Shabbos every week that I I was I was anticipating. Right, I, I looked forward to Shabbos. I had every day. I had a schedule in my own day that I I knew I had to pray. Right, I daven I daven in the morning, morning prayer, afternoon prayer, night prayer. I I studied Torah every day. I did the mitzvot that were incumbent upon me to perform every day. I still had you no. Know, even though the world had stopped. I still had a very fulfilling life that I was trying, you know, because it was a, there's a there's a bigger mission here than just me. There's something that I have to do to to, to put, you know, to do my part and to to add into as well. But I, I just like for me, it really brought home this idea of the enjoyable life we can have if we're able to just to if we're able to tap in to the Torah and mitzvahs and what it has to offer. Obviously, you know, it's not an all or nothing. We have to realize that when it comes to Torah and it comes to mitzvos, you know, it's not all or nothing. We don't, in Judaism, we don't espouse that belief, but rather, you know, we always have, we know we wanna try to do all 613 mitzvos, but at the same time, it's like a ladder. We try to grow slowly. Rome wasn't built in a day. And the way that a person grows is always slowly by taking one thing and trying to incorporate it into their life. And that's how you success breeds success. And just like if we jump too many steps at one shot, we'll fall down. That's why we take one step at a time. And, you know, number one is a person should should just remember, like, think about it, that, that feeling that we have when we do something good and we could, you know, if we look at our day, if we start looking at our day and with a spiritual perspective, with this Torah perspective, and think of small things we could incorporate, maybe one thing, one thing, it, it'll make all the difference in our day. You know, I recently spoke to somebody who, who started putting on tefillin every day. And then and he just told me how it really changed his day. You know, he does one thing, he puts on the tefillin in the morning and it changes his whole day. And I've heard other stories of other people like this as well, that, you know, it's um, when we just change the focus and we have that focus of a, what, you know, and really just comes down to this idea of why are we here? What are we going for? What's the, what is the point of life? And these are all, great questions which the torah gives us insight for and, and 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 just what i really want to bring up from this point of the mishnah is that the mishnah is giving us is dispelling this notion that if if you thought until now that the torah was only for you know getting reward in the next world be a, be a good boy and you'll get reward later on it's not like that it's not like because living this life where we observe and we follow the, what hashem wants us to do what god wants us to do is the most rewarding and enjoyable life we could have right now for ourselves. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that there's no, you know, a person won't ever have any challenge. Everyone has their challenges in life, no matter what background they're from. But I feel like, you know, when you're equipped with the right tools, so then every, even the hardest challenge is doable. Once it becomes doable, it's much easier to deal with. And I think that's just one thought in the Mishnah, which I wanted to, to really discuss tonight. That we need to just remember that when we live our lives, according to the Torah, we shouldn't think we're following some ancient idea. No, it's this is the most fulfilling life we can have. And, you know, and the way to really bring it home to ourselves is we we all know, like I mentioned before, that when we do those good things, that feeling of fulfillment that we have, you know, I can't maybe pin it down, but I think everyone here knows what I mean. I think everyone out there, we all know what that means that little fuzzy feeling within ourselves um, when we do those good things. And that's real fulfillment. You know, know, when you you eat a donut, you you feel good about it. And then five minutes later, you regret that you ever ate it. But when you do a mitzvah, that feeling just doesn't go away. Obviously, it could fade away after a while. But my point is that feeling is a real sense of fulfillment that we have. And that's the fulfillment of living a spiritual life according to the Torah and, you know, going with the goals and ideals and having – having a purpose, um, it just, uh, it's a great feeling, and it's a great sense of, is a great responsibility, and it's also a great um, encourager to help us reach our true potential, because ultimately what we're here for on this world is to really, to reach our true, to, to gain closeness to God, and also to reach our true potential, that each and every one of us have a certain mission that we're supposed to accomplish, that only we can do, no one else can do, only we can do it, And God has given us the tools to accomplish that mission. So when we're able to focus on the game plan, to follow the instructions, um, we're going to get to the finished product that we, God willing, want to get to. So I wanted to continue. That was the first part of the mission. The second idea I wanted to continue with is a thought from the Yaivetz. The Yaivetz is Rabbi Yaakov Emden. And Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the Yaivetz, writes... That if you look in the wording of the Mishnah, and I'll, I'll go over it, the the Mishnah gives us an a hint to what we need to do in order to actually acquire this or get to this level of a of enjoyment of a, such an enjoyable life that's through the 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 way of the Torah. How do we do it? And if you look at the wording of the actual Mishnah, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, the Mishnah says as follows, that the great is the Torah for it confers life upon its literally practitioners. To its practitioners. Now, one thing that we try to do in, in you know in the Torah, we know every word is exact. And the Mishnah as well, that everything is is, is set. There's only no coincidence, and there's no the structure, the wording, everything is exact. And the wording here gives us a little bit of a clue into how we should live our lives in order to get to that level where we where we enjoy the now, we enjoy the the, the living in this moment, living in the world now, even before we get to the next world. The, the next world is even is great, also. But how do we maximize our experience in this world as well? And the Mishnah says that. Greatest Torah, for it gives life to the ones who are the doers of the Torah. Now, it could have said a different word. It could have said the learners of the Torah. It could have said the learners, the ones who learn it. But the Mishnah is giving us an important insight here that when it comes to Torah learning, it's not just learning about it. Sure, it's true that learning is very important, but the reason why we learn is that we sh- that in order to try to do that we we the point of of learning torah is that it's it's you know the whole focus is that we learn something and try to apply it you know obviously you know every person it's not everything in one shot we you know it's, it's slow growth and everyone in there and when they're ready for things but the point is that we have to have that outlook to be a doer and I, and i've talked about this before on this podcast, this idea that, you know, cardiac, a cardiac Jew versus a Jew in action. And just to go over it quickly, is that many people will tell you, Jewish people, they say, you know, if you ask them about their Jewishness, they're very proud to be Jewish. And, you know, they'll, they're very happy and they're very proud. And they'll tell you, but when it comes maybe to maybe performance of the mitzvahs and, you know, doing things, they'll tell you, I'm, I'm a Jew in my heart. Now, I'm not you know, uh, minimizing that it is a very special thing that someone should feel proud to be Jewish. It's a very beautiful thing, a very special thing. Um, but at the same time, what we learn, like I mentioned before, we're learning in order to do. And it's very important to remember that when we're, when as far as a Jew, it's it's beautiful to be a Jew, a cardiac Jew, but we got to be a Jew in action. A Jew in action. I mean, the thing is when when we, when we learn something, we should try to apply it to ourselves. We should constantly be striving to take the things that we have learned and apply it to our lives in some way um, and in some form. Um, and each person, it's not one size fits all for each person. Rather, it's um, it could be unique for every individual, meaning the, the Torah is still the Torah, it doesn't change. My point is, but how a person grows in Torah, could be different from one person to the next. So, the Mishnah is giving us a hint here that if you want to have that enjoyable, to have life, right, the afterlife, and you want to have a fulfilling life in this world, you can't just be a learner, you got to be a doer. You got to oh, also, you, you got to be someone who's oiseha, right? When does the Torah give you that fulfilling and enjoyable life, right, that life of fulfillment, the life of purpose, the life of of goals, a life of of of, of spirituality, a life of connection. When is that? It's when you are a doer. When you do some of the mitzvot. When you learn Torah. Now, it, you know, it's it's something that we um just something to think about, something to keep in mind. And that just one, uh, I guess, a point which I wanted to bring out from this wording of the Mishnah, which gives us a, a clue as to how we tap in to that enjoyable life, both in this world and God willing in the next world after we're going to come after a long and enjoyable life after 120, God willing. So what I want to do now is I want to continue with some of the verses. So the the verses that I quoted earlier, some of them are brought as a proof to the fulfilling life one will have in the next world. And some of them are brought as a proof to the enjoyable life that one will have in this world itself right in in our in the physical world that we're all in right now and one of the verses which are quoted is a very famous verse right i'm sure if i sing the song everyone will probably start singing together with me and wherever you are you might thinking in your mind right Eitz Chaim, chayim so, eats chayim he he la ba right have you ever heard that song before and that's one of the verses which are used to prove the, the I guess, the, the beneficial life that the Torah will give us, both in this world and the next. Now, just a, a beautiful, be- very beautiful uh, understanding in that verse, and really um, it also helps us with this Mishnah as well, because if you look at that verse of Eitz Chaim, it is a tree of life to those who grasp it, and its supporters are praiseworthy. The Torah is a tree of life to those who grasp it, and its supporters are praiseworthy, right? So how do we understand this verse? It's in Proverbs, King Solomon, he tells us this. So the Ruach Hayim, he brings down a beautiful analogy which helps us understand this verse and gives us an understanding and insight into the, into the Mishnah. He states as follows, that if, if a person was on a ship and the ship started to sink and he had to jump off the ship, and now he's in the waters, the raging sea, and he's fighting for dear life. All of a sudden, a piece of drift wood just floats out of nowhere and pops up right next to him. What's his first instinct when it comes to that wood? He's gonna grab onto that for dear life. And no matter what wave or 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 wind comes up against him, he's not going to let go, no matter what, because he knows that his life depends on him holding on to that piece of wood until the storm passes. So the the lesson which is drawn from this analogy is as follows, that in life, life is like a storm. You know, there are ups, there are downs, there are high points, there are low points, there are, are, are challenges there are things we need to overcome, you know, within ourselves and with our relationships with others and circumstances in life we need to overcome, right? And, you know, it, we could get into a discussion a different time about why is that like that? Why is, do we have challenges? And we have discussed that. But we know that life is like that. Now, what's the Torah is our, is our guidebook for life. And if a person doesn't have that direction, that clarity, so then they're not how are they going to stay true to to I guess the principles, their morals, to what's correct, what is not correct. So in the Pasak, when the verse says, chayim ba, that the Torah is is a tree of life, it is like it is, it is, it is tree of life, right? It's the piece of wood that we're holding on to. In, our, in, in the tumultuous sea of life. And that's what King Solomon is telling us, that it's it supports us. It supports us, it gives us that clarity, it gives us that guidance into what we should do, what we shouldn't do, how we should conduct ourselves, how we should overcome challenge. Uh, it gives us an identity of who we are, it gives us that purpose. And that really um, really feeds into our discussion about living a fulfilling life. Because how do you live a fulfilling life? You have purpose, you have, you have goals, you have, you are driven, you, you accomplish, you try to accomplish. And that's one of the messages which um which uh the verse is telling us. Now I wanted to finish this Mishnah with a a question. And uh, you know, I like it's it's a I think it's a good question. And the question is as follows: We just listed many verses that tell us how one who is going to study Torah is going to benefit in this world and the next world. So the question which I I want to pose here, you know, and is that we, we do see that there are people who are living a life, what they're doing, what they're supposed to be doing. They're learning Torah, they're doing mitzvot, but they're not necessarily wealthy, right? We read verses that he's going to be wealthy. He's going to have a long life. He's going to have everything good. Right. What? So, how do we reconcile this, right? If the Torah, if we see these verses that promise promise material success, mater- you know, a, a good life, right? How how do we deal with some realities that you know? I know people that are they're good people and they they don't have money, or maybe they don't have health, or they have other challenges. So how do we reconcile these verses with the fact that there are great people out there, right? Men, women, families that have certain challenges whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be health issues, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? And I think it's a valid question. And I wanted to discuss maybe a few answers that help us get and understand. So the first answer, which I wanted to to just try to discuss with everybody tonight, is this idea that, you know, if you take a a chemical reaction, you take, you know, I'm not a uh, chemist, maybe someone is, one of you guys out there is... Um, if you take something and you mix two chemicals together, you'll get a certain chemical reaction. Now, in order to get certain reactions, the 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 I guess the everything has to be set up properly. It has to be a certain amount of each chemical. Nothing else can can um can be there. Um, it needs to be, you know, the environment has to be certain set a certain way. And if any one of these, I guess, things are are off, um it won't come out properly correct right if you you could try if even though we, we know that you know this plus this will equal this if anything is is off or it's not set correctly or it's the environment is off it will just not come out properly the experiment so when the torah makes these um tells us that the, the benefits of, of of living a torah life it is 100% true it is a certain benefits and it will, you know, but the thing is if the if, if like the chemical reaction is off, there there could be there's a reason why this person is not getting that blessing. Everything has a calculation and everything is a reason for everything. And you know, we might not understand why God has his plan, but you know, naturally, if if everything was, you know, there's nothing else in the equation person learns, that's what that's what should happen. But at the same time, if the chemical reaction is off, there's something else there. Right, whether it be maybe there's he's this person is lacking in some other area and therefore it's compensating. Right, God has a plan, and there is a reason why certain people ha- have to go through certain sufferings and and we don't fully understand. That's maybe for a different different time. But my first answer is that it, it shouldn't cast doubt upon the blessings of the Torah and the blessings of living a, a Torah life. If we that it, it's still 100 true that if we do our part, that's the best way that we can ensure to have a happy life. But it really leads me into my second point because, you know, if you if you would ask these people sometimes, right? A person who's a Torah scholar or, or someone who lives his life according to the Torah, and they have a challenging life, right? But someone who really is sincere and really, really wants to do what's right, and they have a challenging life. And if you ask them if they have a good life, most of them, if not all of them, will tell you they have a great life. They're rich. If you ask them if they're rich, are you rich? You don't have any money. Say, I'm rich. You know, they're not going to... Um, tell you that they're they're not going to say that you know they wouldn't say that they're suffering they would say that they're happy so what's the message i'm trying to bring out from this are they in denial or something people are in denial they're not realizing the truth so the answer to this is and i, and I feel like both answers really complement each other because if there was a certain years ago um there was a certain i guess series of commercials which ran for years and years and years <clears throat> and even till today they're very famous still, right is the the commercials that mastercard ran the Mastercard. What they would do is they would take a certain scene and a certain priceless scene that you know money couldn't buy. I forget the different circumstances of the of the scene. the The phrase would go is that certain things are priceless. For everything else, is Mastercard. And what Mastercard was trying to show is that certain things in life you can't put a monetary value on. That it's just impossible to to put a number on what it's worth. And certain things and. But for everything else, you could use your MasterCard. So, what what am I trying to bring out from this? What's the thought I'm trying to, to to take out from this to answer our question? So, our question was: Is how do we reconcile the reality that there are good people that are really sincere about you know, and, and they're, they're suffering. They don't they're living lives according to the Torah, but they don't necessarily have what they what they need, or maybe you know they have challenges. So, my the, what I want to say is that you know. Success and wealth, and 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 honor and all these blessings that we're, we're saying, it doesn't. It's not necessarily measured. You know, wealth, for example, is not necessarily measured by how Forbes measures wealth. My point is, is that if you ask these people if they're wealthy, they'll tell you that they're wealthy because there's other ways a person can be wealthy besides money, right? There's other ways a person can be honored and honorable without. Um, getting honor from other people, and the blessings of the Torah are these people that you know. Maybe we see have challenges. They don't have what they don't have money. They're not rich. They are rich, you know. And this reminds me of my father always tells he says this joke. He says, "Ah, yeah, I'm a millionaire. I don't have a I don't have a nickel to my name, but I'm a millionaire." He says, "You know why? Because I have you, you, and you, and you telling me me and my three brothers and and his grandchildren, because money is not necessarily what makes you wealthy. There are other you know, and it's not in the mindset that we think it's in. So you can have a person who maybe seems financially struggling, or maybe has certain issues, but it doesn't mean that they're not happy. It doesn't mean that they're not living a fulfilling life. It doesn't mean they're not wealthy. So the the blessings of the Torah for this life is still true, even on those people. It's just not in the way that we see it, because we understand it the way Hollywood put it out for us, the way that the Forbes 500 list lists wealth. That's how we understand it. We don't look at it as that if someone has a has children has. As nachas, has has you know enjoyment from his his offspring, or he's he very happy. Has good friends. He has good people. There are other ways to look at at, at wealth and honor than just the ways that we know about. It. And this is, I think, is actually important um, thing to think about sometimes because many times, and this is human nature. And I myself can you know uh, get caught up in this sometimes. We, we judge ourselves by others. We maybe we take for granted the different blessings that we have in our lives the different wealth that we do have for real the different honor that we have the all the good things we have in our life because we we tend to look at our uh, whatever we have as in you know assets so how much money do i have in our ira how much um, how many uh you know um how much money do i have in my bank account um you know how how's my blood pressure um all these different things we don't we 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 are very we have these blinders on of how we look at the good things we have in our lives. And I think if we could take away the those blinders and we try to realize that there's other things out there that we should appreciate. We could breathe, we could walk, we could talk, we could hear. These are just a few of the blessings that we have. You know, that every person has way more blessings in his life than bad things going for him. And I'm not taking away from challenges people have, but if we start being more conscious about it, we'll start realizing um all the good things we have in our lives and how wealthy we truly are, even if we have no money in our bank account. I wanted to just tonight, usually we we just do one Mishnah, but I wanted to continue since we're closing in on the last few Mishnahs. I want to just do a little more. I'm going to start the next Mishnah as well um, because it is a shorter one. And there's just one idea I wanted to share with everyone tonight. So let's just continue a few more minutes and we'll do the next Mishnah as well. So the next Mishnah begins Mishnah number eight. Mishnah number eight says as follows, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, Mishim Reb Shimon ben Yehachai, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, says the name of Shimon ben Yehoy, Hanoi vahakoyach vahoyshir vahakove vahachachma, the person says beauty, strength, wealth, honor, wisdom, old age, vazikna, I'm sorry, vazikna v'Aseva vahabonim, old age, I guess a certain level of settledness that a person has when they get to a certain, you know, that's a blessing, when they get to a, a certain old age that they have a certain, they're settled and children these are, are they're, they're beneficial to to the righteous and beneficial to the world and we bring down verses that prove this point so if we list all these traits beauty strength wealth honor wisdom old age children a certain sense of settledness they're beneficial to the righteous and beneficial to the world and we bring down verses that prove this point let's go through them quickly and i want to share one thought with everybody shenamara teres tiferes seva bederech Siddaka, ripe old age is a crown of splendor it can be found in the path of righteousness it's proverbs and it says the crown of age is grandchildren and the splendor of 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 children is their fathers right it says, and it says and it says and it says the splendor of young men is their strength and the glory of old men is is hoary age. Um, and it says, the moon will grow pale and the sun be shamed when God, master of legions, will have reigned on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and honor shall be before his elders. Rabbi Shimon Ben Manasseh Shimon. we finish, the Mishnah finishes. Rabbi Shimon Ben Manasseh Shimon says, sheva Shevamidus, these seven character traits, Shemonu Chachamim Matsadikim. That, um, that that the sages attributed to the righteous, all these traits that we described as someone who's righteous and the children and the offspring, all those were found in Rebbe, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the author of the Mishnah and his seven children. So the Mishnah really is giving us just, there's one thought which I wanted to share from this Mishnah and then we're going to finish. The Mishnah says these seven qualities, And the qualities that we list seem to be more focused on material and physicality, right, strength, beauty, wealth, honor, right, wisdom, you know, is also um, being smart, old age, children, these are more focused on, on, I guess, materialism, physicality, and so on and so forth. And really, the the, the answer which I want to, you know, the question which I want to raise is a question as follows, it says, we know in the Torah, when the Torah describes the matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, the different matriarchs of our, of our um, Rachel, right? Leah, we, we describe them, they describe their beauty. The Torah goes into detail about it. This how, how beautiful they were, right? So we, again, like I mentioned, there's nothing extra in the Torah. But at the same time, we know that it's brought down in the Eshaz Chayel, which is brought down in Mishlei, in Proverbs, also from King Solomon. Yeah, we say at the end, we say, yeah. We say, false is grace and vain is beauty. Really? We're, we're, it seems like we're we're saying that beauty doesn't mean much, right? Beauty doesn't mean much, right? So, But the question is, is why is the Torah focused on the beauty of the matriarchs, how beautiful it looks. So the answer to this is that the Ruach HaIm explains that just the, that he explains really with all these traits that we listed: beauty, strength, wealth, honor, wisdom, old age, children. They're like zeros, right? If you have a zero, depends where the zero is on your bank account, which makes you a millionaire, right? If the zero is on the this side of the the decimal or on this side of the decimal. So the point is, is that similarly, when it comes to these physical traits, that they only mean something they only are beneficial if we use them in the correct way right we use them in the service of god and i'm not going to go through it right now but the the we go in in this mishnah every one of these traits right i'll just bring one or two of them that they all could be used for good and for bad and if they're used for the service of hashem they they uplift the person and they they truly are more beautiful now but if they if they just you know use it for their own looks for their own personal gains so then it's it's vain it's nothing it's false it's only when we take the these qualities which we have and use it for the service of Hashem do they become praiseworthy and beautiful and good traits and that's why the Torah lists the the the, the, how beautiful the matriarchs are because they use their beauty in the service of God and they, they use it in the right way and the same thing with all these different traits that are listed that if we use our abilities and our strengths, everything we have, even our physical traits and our and our material tra- traits, everything for the service of Hashem, so then they uplift us and they are also uplifted. But if we God forbid take them and you know use them for our own selfish benefit, so then it's just it's false, it's fake. Just something we need to remember. And with that, I want to finish today's Mishnas. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.